Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
its course A thousand years have passed Now judgment comes upon the law No time to waste, run to the cross Drunk old lies of this age Feels too smart to believe Trade their future for their lust Blinded by sin, they call you to join them all into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul for a chance to receive his mark. Father, let us all be 
of that contrite spirit. Let us understand that 1 Corinthians 8, 2 is who we ultimately are. If anyone thinks they know anything, they must, uh, you know, they, they know nothing yet as they ought to know. Father, help us to understand the vulnerabilities associated with our attempts to try to, under, to uh, figure out you and your plan. Help us to also have uh, you know, pity and uh, pray fervently for those who are sticking, you know, for, for lack of a better term, sticking their necks out and, and at least trying to serve you in a, in a day and age when uh, the, the things that you warned us about, Jesus, and the Olivet Discourse regarding persecution are definitely coming upon us. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that the revelation that you gave us in regard to uh, Psalm 91 being uh, very unique for a select few, uh, highly likely that it is probably those who will be productive during the dark times that we are going to have to walk through. Uh, that we hope don't last too long. Father, we just pray in Jesus' name that, that that is an accurate understanding, that that was truly an epiphany and indeed a supernatural revelation, because it certainly doesn't fit any of the other ages uh, where our brothers and sisters had to go through persecution. And it definitely uh, would make a lot of sense if there were there was a specially protected class of, of, of part of the remnant uh, that was highly protective, and the angels were indeed assigned to us because we are doing what you need us to do here on the earth, even during the darkest times of the earth we'll ever see. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, we pray the holy fire of God down around about every single listener of this program. We declare in Jesus' name that holy fire to completely engulf, to completely destroy, to vaporize any spiritual or earthly weapons, any fiery darts that are launched against us. We declare in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that that holy fire will swirl around our households, swirl around our loved ones, Father God, opening opportunities for your long-suffering and mercy to touch their lives through uh, visions and dreams in the night and through our prayers. We praise you, Father God, for you you are not a man that you would lie. We hold up the scriptures and we praise you for those promises. We stand on those promises and we will praise you and praise you and praise you because there is power in praise. There is power in that holy fire. And we thank you for the power that you have given us in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Alleluia. And amen.
Well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, I, I got some uh, report that my sound sounds hollow. Then I get, you know, I'm getting, uh, it says, you just sound like you're in an empty room. Okay? I don't get that because nothing has changed since we did the last show. So I'm, I'm suspicious of the Internet connection. Uh, if there's anybody out there that can do a, uh, an additional sound check for me that's listening to the streaming feed, please send an email to jbaptist777 at gmail.com. And let me know uh, whether or not the audio is clear. Because, again, there have been no changes whatsoever uh, to, uh, you know, the, the sound setup here. Uh, and there are sometimes there are problems with, um, uh, you know, blog talk radio. You know, it, 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 it ha they have technological problems, and they have them pretty regularly, actually. So it does get a little bit tricky, and, um, you know, we have to, unfortunately, we have to deal with that. Um, the, the other possibility is I can also try this. Um, let me see here. I got Brad Rayo. Audio is not clear. Okay, so we got a down situation right now. That's interesting. Huh. So we got a down situation right now. Audio is not clear. How can that even be? I'm calling via Skype. Okay, that's impossible. That is just not possible. All right. Um, so audio is not clear. Not sure what I can do. Um, yep, nope, I'm doing it the same as I've done it all all along, and audio has been clear every other night. The only thing I can try to do is uh, just, just disconnect and try to call in again, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to disconnect, and if it kills the whole show, it kills the whole show. Praise Jesus, hallelujah. All right, here we go. I'm killing it. All right, praise God. Looks like I found the problem. Man, Windows 11, where's Bill Gates so I can, like, slap him around a little bit, okay? I know that's not a very Christianly thing to do, but I certainly feel like it. And, yes, I, I appreciate all of you that are probably going to send me messages that say, oh, the uh, sound is wonderful now and all that kind of stuff. Uh, praise God, but I, I found the problem. Uh, it's Windows 11. <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, you know, long story short, there's, I'm not going to get into it, but the bottom line is they make, and if you haven't figured it out by now, what, what it is, I'm just going to tell you what it is. So basically the whole world has turned into this dynamic whereby all of the um, code, the software, whether it be on your cellular phone or whether it be on your computer from using Office or O365 or Microsoft, sometimes they just call it Microsoft O365 or whatever. Now, why is it? Why? What happens? Well, what happens is they're doing what's called agile development. It's also known as CI, CICD development, uh, and sometimes they call it fancier terms, but it's all the same thing. Basically, what they do is they do changes on the fly, okay? So, and, and they call the changes sprints. And they basically, it's total anarchy and total chaos. They want to get everything updated faster and 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 faster. And of course, it causes more bugs, more bugs, more bugs, more bugs. And then more cyber attackers from Indonesia and wherever and Singapore and China and wherever start breaking into our system, steal our bank accounts. We've got to go back in with our debit cards over and over and over again and get a new debit card and claim fraud. And just the vicious cycle keeps on happening over again. So what doggone Microsoft did was they updated 
activated my doggone uh, uh, Skype, and when they did that, it reset the Skype settings, and then it dorked up my settings, and of course, you guys were listening to me from my Logitech uh, microphone, which should never have happened because I'm using Skype. Okay, now that I've vented and gotten that off my chest, <laughs> we don't have a lot of time. I got so much information to cover. So, kids, you guys are just going to have to deal with it. I can't. I can't do. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. It, there's too much end of the world stuff that needs to get out there. And um, now, before I play this next audio bite, all right. And I'm going right into the news. So here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, man of your Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Father. <laughs> it's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, wrong. Not normal. This is disturbing. Game over. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, now before I play this audio clip from uh, Alex Jones. I, they're they're picking on him from all over the internet. The first thing we got to understand about the shapeshifters, which Biden is definitely one of them. Uh, you know, now Obama has to stay sick, twisted, evil, and human because as the Antichrist, the abomination of desolation, standing in the holy place, has that means Satan has to in, you know incarnate into his body. Okay, it has nothing to do with the Third Solomon's Temple. Everybody's got it wrong. Well, a lot of people do. So anyway, um, uh, so but I really wanted to. There's too much. Oh, it's an it's so much information to get out in such a short period of time that I just cannot. I can't delay it. Now, but first, I must let you know that one of the things that Alex Jones doesn't understand, and I'm not, you know, there's a lot of things he doesn't understand, but he does a pretty good job of what he does, and. If it wasn't for the gun thing and his notion that that's okay, he'd probably be a reasonably decent Christian. But unfortunately, because of the gun thing, he might be surprised where he ends up. Now, anyway, that, that being said, I don't even want to go there. It breaks my heart. I don't like to hear about – end of story. All right, now um, – so before I play his audio bite, I'm not going to play the whole thing. It's too big. Um, but I do recommend that you go listen to it. I did send it around to some folks. But anyway, um, know this, please, that the, the shape-shifting reptilians that are running, running all of these things, okay, it basically is Satan. And then Satan reports to Satan uh, controls all of the evil darkness, but God has his, his thumb over the top of Satan. So God is ultimately in control of everything. Okay, and if God wasn't still restraining, even though He's lifted His hand of protection off the earth at this point, and we are entering into a period of judgment, no doubt about it. Otherwise, it wouldn't have been a, pan a pandemic and a bioweapons attack against mankind and all the other evil things that are happening on a global level. Which is exactly what I, I've been telling people for years that the Bible and the judgments that are mentioned in the Bible are global in scope. So until we start seeing these things happening in the United States, we have not arrived and we are not leaving. The other thing is, we are not going to have a rapture, not even a barley harvest, until. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 is fulfilled, and the Antichrist has risen. Also, that includes a strong delusion, so some aliens got to show up somewhere, too. By the way, I've covered this on special shows before. I'm not going to reiterate it. You can go back and look for the shows. Uh, maybe I'll play some best of, and maybe, I, I don't know, maybe I'll take some time off. I don't know. I have to look at the uh, guest schedule. Well, it's, not, it's all backed up with people. Doggone it. I never get to take any time off. Anyway, praise God. Um, so uh, let's see here. Um, so, again, the Antichrist has, has got to rise, or else nobody's going anywhere. Okay? Don't want to burst anybody's prophetic bubble, but that's a fact. The Bible, no pun intended, 
The Bible trumps everything that comes out of the mouth of anybody out there that thinks they're a prophet. Okay, I'm just going to leave it at that. Now, all right, so um, so right now we got rapture bubbles everywhere. we got a lot of people saying things they should not be saying. They think they're hearing from God, but they're obviously not. I've covered this in other programs where um, uh, we, we studied the white paper on how Satan stops our prayers, combat in, combat in the spiritual realm, or sometimes – but anyway, the point is that it's very clear in that paper that there are situations where – Prophets will hear incorrectly, and there's a dagnabic good reason for it, and it's all covered in that paper. If you don't, if you haven't looked it up on the internet and read, read, read it about three or four or maybe five times, because uh, you need to read it that many times to get everything that's really critical inside of it. But again, it's how Satan stops our prayers, combat in the heavenly realm. Now, I dislike the term heavenly realm because it is not the heavenly realm. It is the demonic spiritual realm that is like a chocolate uh, crust of stench that encircles the earth like a molded milk ball. Okay, And our prayers in order must be very, very fervent, very, very heartfelt, and we must push through in prayer if we're, if we're not speaking in tongues. Now if, we're, now, if we have the gift of speaking in tongues, that's a supernatural, super special gift because it bypasses the ability of the demonic realm, which held up uh, you know, the, the, you know, that Prince of Persia thing that stopped the angel from delivering Daniel's message about the Babylonian captivity and all that kind of stuff and Gabriel had to come down and you know fight and you know that kind of thing so so that that whole that exists that's very very real okay and we can't see it uh, but but anyway um, long story short um, the pecking order is ultimately Satan. If God, if God pulls his hands of protection off of any anything, any, if he pulls his hands off of protection off of you, guess what? You're going to die. I guarantee it. Because Satan's going to kill you, especially if you are causing him any grief. Okay, if you are out there doing your job as a Christian, these things will follow those who believe. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They will speak with new tongues. They will, uh, you know, uh, ingest anything deadly and it will by no means hurt them and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if you're you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, which you ought to be, and, and if, and if you, you're incapacitated in some manner, or you're shut in, or you're elderly, or whatever the case is, just remember that your prayer life, if it is executed in a fervent manner, and it's done with the same type of fervency that Jesus had when he fell on his face and prayed to God, saying, Father, if it is all possible, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. we got to understand that that's how we punch through. we got to punch through in prayer, and then get our prayers, our prayers which rise up like incense to the throne room of God. They go up as petitions, but if you want that divine protection, you need them to burst into flames of fire. The holy fire of God surrounds your prayers. It opens up a portal above your head. It follows you wherever you go, and you are divinely protected in a supernatural way that nobody else on the earth is protected by. But you've got to understand these things, and when you don't understand these things, which the vast majority of Christians do not, they are working in a, a very compromised dynamic, and they don't even realize it. Okay, um, so anyway, um, uh, really important stuff, and I don't know, I probably should do another show on how Satan stops our prayers combat in the improperly chosen word, heavenly realm. It should say the spiritual realm or the demonic spiritual realm, otherwise known as, and biblically speaking, as the air. But it's not, that's kind of a misnomer, really, because according to the people that I have talked to that have been taken by the Lord into that realm to see the fiery uh, wars that take place in, in the spiritual realm, to actually physically see them and see what happens when we pray that way. So when, you got to understand, when the prayers of the saints are coming from faith, okay, the power that 
that we exude in the spiritual realm, okay, is 10 times, it's, I don't even know how many times. It, it is so much more powerful than anything else you could ever imagine. You, you don't perceive it, okay? You're, but you got, but when, and, and, and again, if you can speak in tongues, speak in tongues all you possibly can. You definitely want to be speaking in tongues as much as you possibly can. When you are praying on your knees and you are talking to the Lord and you are fervently pushing through in prayer to the Lord so that your prayers catch on fire and they have the divine protection and scatter the demons of darkness so that they cannot hinder your prayers. Hey, amen, hallelujah. At the same time, you want to be intermingling, speaking in tongues. Okay, because at that, at, the two kind of go together, hand in hand. Okay, you can now you can just pray in tongues if that's all you want to do, and that's fine. Uh, but don't don't stop. More, more, and more, and more people need to be speaking in tongues. Okay, I have a special prayer vigil. People have already emailed me and told me that they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit when they listened to that special prayer vigil. If you need to know about it and you want to speak in tongues, I just had another request come in for it. I sent them the link. Send me a link at jbaptist777 at gmail.com because we don't have enough time to be dealing with the demons messing with our prayers. Okay, and they're doing everything that they possibly can to stop us, and all of our prophetic words are coming out, and they're just dorked up as always. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, all that being said, um, I'm just going to put it like it is. I don't have, like I said, I don't have time to beat around a bush. Okay, here, here is the bottom line. And we may have to, Sister Nancy, if you even get a chance to listen to this program at all, uh, please make a note. We may have to go ahead and move all the guests with the exception. I don't know. We'll have, I wish, I need to talk to you on the phone, doggone it, Sister Nancy. I do. I need to talk to you on the phone or over uh, uh, Hangouts or whatever they call it, Google Chat. I got to talk to you because we need to discuss the feasibility of moving the guest segment from 930, from 9, wait a minute, let me take it through, from 830 to 930, one hour guest segment from 8.30 to 9.30, so I have time to get this information out to people because it's critical. All right, so again, I'm going to – before – so Alex Jones does not understand how the reptilians operate. He doesn't understand that they operate – they have a plan A, a plan B, a plan C, and a plan D. Okay, and they're listening. They're listening because they operate in the demonic realm. The demons are all around you whether you like it or not. Okay, you can use the holy fire of God to scatter them and get them away from you. But they're very persistent, and they have the the intelligence of an apricot. Okay, so the, the, you know, you've got to really stay on your game when it comes to you know, your spiritual warfare tactics and what you're doing to keep them away and tearing up all the demonic contracts and agreements and making sure that those things don't bug you all right they got you got to really lean in all right now all that being said because if you're not you're you're vulnerable and it very may well be you may unfortunately be one of those victims that your prayers aren't being heard okay and i'm just letting you know uh you know all you got to do is look at first peter 3 7 it says so that your prayers would not be hindered okay well that hindrance of prayers is a common dynamic if you're not speaking in tongues speaking in tongues bypasses the demons and they can't see it all right now anyway um so it's a very special gift but most people don't understand that i've I've got a book that's entitled 101 reasons to speak in tongues and i'm like thinking why waste my time thank you jesus hallelujah it's just i just only have so much time and the lord has already shown me these things and i just praise his holy name i i i just love him I love the Father. I love the Bible. I love the Word of God, and God keeps showing me more and more things, and it's just amazing. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so now I'm going to to put it to you bluntly. Right now, the only thing that matters in the entire world, I don't care if you live in France. I don't care if you live in Belgium. I don't care if you live in Majorca. Uh, Hello there, Amara, if you even got the time to listen to the program anymore. I don't care if you live in China. Wherever you are, 
in the Philippines. Uh, you could be in South Korea. You might be a group of people in an Internet cafe in Namibia listening to the program. I've actually gotten emails like that. I'm just letting you know, you know, yes, I know we're all under persecution. and Persecution is rising in Africa against Christians. Situations are getting very dark. I get it. But right now, on a global level, the only thing that means anything is the United States of Babylon the Great's mid-term elections. That is all, folks. And don't make me do my really crummy porky pig imitation because hebity 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 really is bad. Okay? That's all, folks. Now, you might say, well, how can you say that? This, that, and the other thing is happening. This, that, and the other. No, 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 no. The United States is Babylon the Great. Babylon must fall so the Antichrist can rise. I'm going to say it again. Babylon must fall and go into a state of martial law and lockdown and persecution of the Christians and arrest of people and all other creepy weirdness, FEMA camps, all that. Babylon must fall so that the Antichrist Obama can rise. So Satan can incarnate, and, and Obama can start by being reinstated as the fearer over the United States of Babylon the Great from the White House, which will support all of T.D. Hale's visions and bazillions of other people's. Okay, but, you know, and then some people think, well, he's got to move to, the, you know, the United Nations. I'm like, nah. No, nah, I don't think so. I don't. I just don't think so. Uh, I, 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 he might temporarily, but ultimately, I think he'll, he's going to do just like the Bible says, and you know, just to make it, because he, he's got to become the Antichrist for the Jews. He's got to become. And you might say, well, there, you know, a lot of a lot of the people in Israel. Good. I'm glad. I hope that there is a lot of Jews. I hope there are like bazillions of Jews in Israel that call his bluff, wake up, and realize that Jesus is Lord. Okay. Hallelujah would be the best thing that ever happened. All right. Praise God, and God would be, you know, super duper happy. All right. Now, all that being said, again, if the reptilian let the, 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 the shape-shifting reptilians are all over the place. They're in the Republican Party. They are in the Democratic Party. Okay, they're, they're, they, and, and these entities are exceedingly intelligent. They are fallen angelic beings. They are fallen seraphim. Okay, seraphim are the dragon-like creatures that fly around the throne room of God in the book of Isaiah saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Okay, those are fallen seraphim, and they're very smart. They're scary, frightening smart. And they're 50,000 steps ahead of the human race every single time. All right. Now, that being said, Alex Jones doesn't really understand that. So he's going to jump to some conclusions. The thing about it is once, you know, one, you know, somebody like Jones or whoever is out there starts to make announcements and telling everybody what, you know, figures out what their plan is, you know, to do. OK, then they know that he's out there doing that because they're listening. And plus, they monitor through the demonic realm. And unfortunately, if you're pushing guns, you have iniquity in your heart, which means, you know, you're vulnerable. All right. Now, all that being said, uh, you know, if the reptilian shape-shifting dem LGBT LMNOP black-eyed Biden Obama antichrist creepy, sick, twisted, evil entities continue to be in power after the midterm elections in November, it is officially game over. This country will jettison into civil war. They will most likely take Trump out like they took out uh, John, uh, I mean, uh, Robert F. Kennedy. Okay, they'll, they, they'll indict him. They'll put handcuffs. Everybody's going to be revolting. All this stuff is already being predicted in the news. If you're not paying attention, it is a fact. And, 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 and the only thing that we don't know that is a fact for sure is whether or not God will allow the midterm situation to 
be a miracle, and the entities of darkness get foiled, uh, kind of like the priest of Baal situation with Elijah, and uh, which God loves to you know, foil the plans of darkness, so we never know. But, and then by some, you know, landslide, what they call a tidal wave of red takes place, and then, uh, you know, there's a midterm shift in power. Uh, but, but look, there's even uh, pundits and experts in all those areas that say, even if that were to occur, the likelihood of the Republicans taking charge of both the Senate and the House is exceedingly low, even in a best-case scenario. Folks, if you had any idea how many people are just punch drunk stupid. Okay, now, Father, forgive me if I wasn't supposed to say that. Please forgive me, Father. I didn't mean to offend, but it just it's it's frustrating. And I please, please, Father, please, I just beseech you to forgive me. So sometimes my emotions get the best of me. All right, Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, so um. Uh, the problem is that there are people out there that they it's it's absolutely horrifying folks i mean how many of us you know have seen people wearing multiple masks inside of air conditioned cars with all the windows up and they're still doing it okay this is very very frightening because people have the ability to vote okay and then never mind the millions and millions and millions of latinos that they're bussing all over the country to the different voting precincts and never mind the fact that the that the um that the dominion voting machines are still out there and they still have the ability to remote into them cyber wise and adjust the vote count all right so you know they haven't solved the doggone thing okay you know and they there have been a few attempts by republicans to institute state laws on on voting and stuff that you know would naturally have some form of positive effect but they really haven't addressed all the root cause issues and 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 unfortunately they're unaware of all the root cause issues and so or or they are and they're just playing along because they're controlled by the global satanic Crime syndicate, which again is Satan, then the Draco reptilians, then the regular reptilians, which don't have the wings, and then and I I don't want to get into going back to the you know the Sumerian kings list 400,000 years ago and how they dorked around with the, g- the genome and that, that's what created all the different reptilian types anyways the ones that are underground the Nagas and all that other stuff but that that's because they were they they were the Anunnaki races were actually dorking around with uh, genes just like they had you know they have in those uh, in, in those uh, depictions uh, in Egypt on the very various uh, monuments and stuff so, such. Okay, well, praise God anyway. So again, civil war, you know, if it's going to be, if midterms don't turn things around, it's going to be game over. Civil war will break out. World War III will probably break out, which will be the Gog and Magog invasion. Then nukes probably get involved. But at some point in the midst of all of this, they're going to institute martial law. Once they institute martial law, this entire country will be locked down. And then if someone sets off a ground-based nuke, which by the way has, there's been six of them or seven of them, maybe more, that have been predicted by many, many different profits over many, 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 many decades of time, that if that once that occurs, they will be able to enact National Security Directive number 51, which is for the continuity of government. government. It was put in by rep, shape-shifting reptilian George W. Bush, okay, and it was fully redacted so that the even the Department of Homeland Security, you know, committee or whatever wasn't even allowed to look at it, which, of course, really upset uh, Senator DeFazio, and he threw a fit on the floor uh, on C-SPAN, which I have that all recorded. All right, praise God. But, but for the continuity of government, you can bet your sweet bivy that um, it's going to have provisions in there where they're going to be able to take Obama at, at the point, the 
that Satan incarnates into it and put him in charge over Babylon the Great. And let me tell you something, this country will never see ever in its entire history, it will never have seen such persecution come down on Christians as will occur at that time. I pray in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name fervently, Father God, that not a one of us will be here, that before that occurs, and I have every reason to believe that this is the case, before that evil occurs. Yes, I know that the Antichrist must rise up first. I get that. But I pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, for every listener of this program to draw in closer to you, to benefit by the promises of Psalms 91, to benefit by that divine protection so that we can continue to touch people's lives, whether it be through prayer or knocking on doors or giving uh, when they can't afford to even keep their lights on. Whatever it takes, Father God, we pray for that divine protection. We want to be part of the first watch. We want to be more than anything part of, found worthy to be part of the first watch, but be part of the barley harvest and uh, and, and not, not, not really because we don't Certainly, we don't want to have to go through the hell that the uh, final uh, harvest people, the wheat harvest, will have to go through by virtue of being here during the day of the Lord. But, Father, we just pray in Jesus' name that that you will look upon our lives, change us in whatever manner. Help us, Lord Jesus. We're praying for you to help us. We praise you in advance for all of the help that we're asking for, whatever it is. Whatever it is, whatever behavior, whatever we have, I have plenty. Uh, we're just going to praise you in advance because we know that you're not a man, that you would lie. You do not fib. And as long as we praise, your power will come down around about us, encircle us, and we need to stay on our A-game. Thank you, Jesus. And we just pray that you will help us every step of the way because we need your help. I have seen your help uh, affect my life in a noteworthy manner, and yes, it has happened in extremely slow motion. And yes, I've gone through periods where it troubled me greatly. All right, so anyway, thank you, Jesus, for your kindness and your love and your and your prayers. And we all pray in Jesus' name, oh Lord, please let us be found worthy to indeed escape the things that are about to come upon the earth and stand directly before you. You, uh, in Mount Zion, the city of the living God, where there's an innumerable company of angels in the heavenly Jerusalem, Hebrews 12:22. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Any, anyway, um, I'm looking at the time, and I'm running out of time. So I'm going to go ahead and go right into the audio bite that I want you to hear a little bit of, uh, eh, eh, which is the Alex Jones bite. Now, just remember that Jones doesn't he's, he, he means well, but, you know, unfortunately, you know, he doesn't. He's not blessed with the blessings that we are blessed with. Let's just leave it at that. Um, and I'm not saying that. What, I, I, no, no judgment here. Pray for the man. Uh, he, you know, just pray for everybody. Pray for everybody. There's so many Christians that are so they 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 don't understand. There's so many prophets out there that are well known that don't understand. There are so many leaders in the in the Christian community that are very well known and and serial authors of books that don't understand. There's all the Seven Mountains people. Uh, you know, and the blank list people, which are part of the seven mountains, folks. We got to be praying for our brothers and sisters. We got to be praying for each other. The people who listen to this program, all right. Praise God, which I do. I do. I die fervently. I choke you not. I am not exaggerating. No way. Not to be funny. No. No. I would never do that. I'm telling you as a fact. I pray for every single listener of this program fervently. All right. And especially if you lift me up and even make a mention of uh, 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 to, to the Lord on my behalf. We need to be praying for your Heavenly Father. Please forgive all of us. Forgive all of us. We are seeped in sin. We don't recognize all of the sin that we're sins that we're committing. We're unaware of it. Uh, we, we, we confess that we are continuously in a state of sin. Father, please help us 
us to be perfect before your eyes. Help us to, to, to be worthy to have our iniquities and our sins blotted out. And, and Father, you know, bring us to a place where we are in alignment as perfect as possible with your holy will. He who practices righteousness is righteous just as Jesus Christ is righteous, okay? It says he in capital H-E in 1 John 3, 7, but in fact, it's talking about Jesus. So praise God. Practicing righteousness means that you are continuously confessing of your sins because there's life and death in the power of the tongue. You have to confess it before the Lord, but, you know, not to a vicar, not to some guy sitting behind a little, you know, Catholic confessional, heaven forbid. All right, you've got to be talking to Jesus directly. You've got to be talking to our Heavenly Father directly. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, we're going to move on, and this is the... Alex Jones bid. I wanted you to play for this. Now, just remember, they're listening to what he's saying. So it's highly likely that they're already planning on shifting to plan B, whatever plan B might be. All right? Whatever plan B might be, right? Okay? <laughs> you know, uh, pun not intended. All right, yeah, here we go. I finally executed a search warrant earlier this month. Now, where is it in here that Trump's calling for an uprising? He's not. But that's the headline the dawn calls for an uprising. And what did Biden say last week? He thinks it's imminent that Trump supporters are going to be violent. Translates, we've got provocateurs. We've got our own operatives. We've got major false flags ready. That's what you do when you're a deep state that doesn't want to lose control of a country you've stolen elections to stay in control of. All right, I'm going to cut it off at this point because i got a lot of information to cover before we bring on our guest. Um, and um, so I wanted you to hear that because it, it really is an excellent analysis, and he, and he burrows pretty deep. He shows a lot of headlines. I double-checked all those headlines, and I found a bunch more, in fact. And um, they are in tonight's show notes, so you would just need to go, if you have Microsoft Word, you would need to go to www.tribulation-now.org. Of course, hit the enter key. And then at the bottom of the links, there are white, white text on black, even on a mobile phone, you might have to scroll down to the bottom if it's mobile, and look for the link that says Show Notes. And go to the one for tonight that mentions our guest, okay, um, Vicki Joy. All right? Now, um, uh, and go to the section that uh, you got to look at your, if you understand how Microsoft Word, well, just use, I, I'm, I'm going to tell, I don't know what the, it's a PDF and I don't know exactly what page it is, but it should be somewhere around page 100, 230. Just look for the section that has uh, red, it's at, has red underscored very bold news, the word news, and then it says new headlines highlighted in yellow. Okay, and when you find that part and just look there, you are going to be able to see and do your own homework on these things, which I've been watching very closely on your behalf. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. For, um, so as we continue, let's, let's go ahead and move forward because um, there's a lot of material, and I had to cut out, you know, of course, a lot of headlines because there's just no way. We can't cover it all. All right, there's just six hours our shows still could not cover it all. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. All right. Hallelujah. And let me just take a look at the soundboard. I'm going to turn some knobs up here a little bit because I want to get the sound as good. As, okay. All right. So 
All right, the first headline, let me go ahead and scroll in a little bit closer here in these show notes that you all should be reading every single week anyway, but I know you naughty, naughty people aren't doing. Shame on you. No, I'm just joking. All right, right, kids? You, you, you know I'm just kidding, don't you? Okay. All right. All right, praise God. Makes, I'll tell you what, if you, if you snatched out, if you opened up that and, and clipped out uh, those headlines and showed them in just the headline section, just the headline section, the show notes are so jammed with information, you'll be busy with one set of show notes. A lot of it's, it, almost all of it is repeat except the news section. But the stuff that's, that's repeat is mind-blowing. All right, so anyway, um, and boy, what a witnessing tool. <laughs> Let me tell you. All right, praise God. And it really is. It, it's my, it, it, will, it will completely derail somebody's worldview by reading one set of show notes headlines. All right, and that doesn't even include like 0.001% of all the apocalyptic stuff that's going on out there. All right, now anyway, uh, next up. All right, Friday emergency broadcast again. It was uh, it was uh, Jones making an emergency broadcast. He's he's on a super red alert situation right now. Biden accuses MAGA Republicans, and he does, of political violence ahead of the midterms. Okay, and and in fact, on C-SPAN, there's a quote on Twitter. It says the MAGA Republicans they are a threat to our very democracy. They refuse to accept the will of the people. They embrace political violence. This is what the reptilian is saying. He is not even. We must be stronger, more determined, and more committed to saving America than the MAGA Republicans are at destroying America. Okay? Now, remember, Isaiah 29 says they, they, the evil ones, turn everything upside down, okay, including the Holy Bible. That's why they got, you know, of morals and dogma, which was written by uh, Albert Pike, you know, to, to as their Bible in the Masonic Lodges in Scottish Rite and all the other creepy, weird agent or organizations. Anyway, next one up. Hallelujah. Here we go. All right, Trump, FBI raid is a is political interference ahead of the 2022 elections, according to the Epic Times article that I'm reading to you right now. Now, a lot of people believe that. That's all over Fox News. All the pundits, all the experts, all the people that really have half a clue are, um, uh, you know, saying. And in reality, it's a fact, okay? Now, there's a lot of, you know, I've heard a lot of, you know, blah, 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 about DeSantis running for the presidency. And the bottom line is this. If they split, okay, if they, if anyone in the world introduces another highly um, sought-after candidate and interferes with the Trumpies, it's the end, it's the end of the, it's done. It's game over, man. Just buckle up for the nukes and get ready to leave, all right? Um, because uh, I'm telling you, you cannot do that. It will split the vote. It will split the RNC convention. It will be a disaster, all right? But these meatheads are – forget about this kind of stuff. Oh, and Father, please forgive me if I wasn't supposed to call them meatheads. <sighs> I want to get out of here, folks. I don't want to miss a beat. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and I know I'm trying to be funny, but at the same time, I don't want to – you know, I don't want to offend anybody, but, you know, it's it's kind of it's challenging. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. OK, listen to this. This headline. Listen to this headline. It is over. Trump will be indicted. OK. And this particular person who wrote this article uh, claims that he is a uh, specialty lawyer. He even mentions who he is and what law firm he represents and that his specialty is top secret sensitive information law. 
Okay, and he says, and I'm going to have to zoom in on this, his statement is as follows. He says, Trump was in an unauthor- was in unauthorized possession of national defense information, namely property marked classified documents. Now, number one, he says that that, by the way, is uh, these three points are enough to bring him, bring him before a, uh, a grand jury. All right, number two, he was put on notice by the United States government that he was not permitted to retain those documents at Mar-a-Lago. Okay, number three, he continued to maintain possession of the documents and allegedly undertook efforts to conceal them in different places throughout his property until the FBI finally executed a search warrant earlier this month. So bottom line, oh, and there's other ones too, like his lawyer got busted for uh, making some false statements to, she's probably going to go to jail. Uh, So who knows what's going to happen? Okay, now I'm going to read uh, the next piece, uh, which is a counter uh, strike against what I just read. Okay, so this is another person's opinion. All right, and this is uh, on Politico, which is a highly revered uh, website, okay, amongst, you know, those who <laughs> think it really matters, right? Anyway, so praise God, thank you, Jesus, once again. Garland. Garland's perilous path to prosecuting Trump. The attorney general has multiple hurdles to overcome if he really wants to bring a criminal case against the former president. Says Attorney General Merrick Garland has a mantra when it comes uh, you know, uh, to politically charged investigations. He says, we will follow the facts and the law wherever they lead, in quote. Uh, in, in quote. And the guy says, but Garland's mantra won't get him the answers he wants in the gargantuan decision of whether to prosecute a former president, or former president Donald Trump over the trove of document, uh, government documents many of them marked highly classified that he took uh, to Mar-a-Lago on his way out of the office. And he goes, this guy goes and he says, the political fallout, uh, a president, the, the precedents uh, that will be set, the national security risks are just some of the intangible things that Garland will have to consider as he considers what would be potentially, what would be the, uh, you know, the highest profile criminal case in American history, according to former prosecutors, intelligence agency lawyers, and, and Department of Justice officials. One considered for Garland, uh, one consideration for Garland is how Trump's alleged action stacks up against other cases that the DOJ has brought, uh, brought or not brought over the mishandling of classified information, because by the way, that sets uh, legal precedent. Okay, but of course they're going to bring in the January 6th thing, and they're going to say they have special privileges on account of January 6th. That's what they're going to do. Okay, but anyway, so this guy makes the case for the opposite dynamic. Okay, and this is on relatively mainstream, uh, you know, pe- for people who like to listen to talking heads. So anyway, Politico. All right, next one up. Republican Senator warns. And this is this is this is as public as public can be, folks. Is the AFP Newswire? The okay, Republican Senator warns of riots in the street if Trump is indicted after the Hillary Clinton debacle. Huh? But see what the Speaker of the House, who, in my opinion, well, according to Robert Vandrius Mitchell, she's a shapeshifter too. I don't, I totally believe it. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, I, I don't know. I haven't seen the whole eye thing turn into a slit and look like a viper, as it says in the Testament of Reuben and, and all that. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. According to the Republican Senator Lindsey Graham, there is a two-tiered legal system based along political lines tailored to support Democratic President Joe Biden and undermine the former President Donald Trump. Now, now that that. That is a repeating.
reading, uh, you know, uh, it says he even goes on to say most Republicans, including me, believe when it comes to Trump, there is no law. It's all about getting to him. Okay, there's a double standard when it comes to Trump. Well, there's a double standard for everything right now because they're holding up the January 6th event as a legitimate event, and it's not a legitimate event. It was totally faked. It was a bunch of baloney. Okay, but there were a lot of gullible people that were sucker punched into actually entering into the facility, and of course they took advantage of that, and, and you know they had their facial recognition systems, their co- totally compromised FBI black ops teams, and and they're arresting people, throwing them in jail, a whole deal. It's unbelievable. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Video on American military news. Biden warns the gun owners, you need an F-15 to fight the government, he says, with his black eyes that shapeshift into reptilian eyes. Oh, you want to see the video? Just go to tribulation-now.org and scroll through it. You'll see it. Anyway, next one up. Former White House chief strategist Steve Bannon outlined how the globalist elite are imposing policies that are, quote, so destructive to America that economic recovery from their radical Great Reset agenda may soon become impossible. And he's right about that, by the way. The most important thing we've got to do is look reality in the face now and understand exactly what's going on in the world because there are decisions being made by people in power that are not just simply destructive. They're so destructive that you're not going to be able to turn it around. Mm -hmm. Well, he got that right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. A tsunami of shutoffs. 20 million United States homes are behind in paying their electric bills. Oh, do you hear? Now they're going to start uh, issuing credit for people to buy food. (laughs) Wow. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Russia blocks final draft of nuclear disarmament treaty at the United Nations. So they still have veto powers at the United Nations. And they're trying to stop all this creepy weirdness. And they love Iran, by the way. Okay, now, like I said in the past, uh, you know, the original reason why Trump went into the Ukraine was legit. He wasn't lying. uh, And he has definitely showed a lot of restraint. Okay, but he's not really a good guy. Okay, so and he he does back Iran. He is very anti uh, any any. See, the thing is, He's interested in protecting his interests, and he's interested interested in protecting Russia. And a story, that's the way it is, which is why he's in there doing what he's doing with the Ukraine and has totally busted the United States over and over and over again, which nobody pays any attention to, being in there doing a proxy war just like we did in Syria, which we continue to do. Okay, and we're getting ready to go in and bomb Iran. Bomb, bomb, bomb. You remember back in the 80s when uh, Rush Limbaugh was around and he used to play that song on his uh, program? I think it was around 1980, maybe about 87. No, maybe 87. Uh, It was like if you listen to Rush back in 87, he played this little bit. It was like, bomb, 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 Iran. Bomb, 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 Iran. Well, that was back in 88. Okay? All right. So anyway, do you think they're going to do it? (laughs) What was that, 35 years ago? Anyway, praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Anybody out there that remembers that, okay, uh, I tip my hat to you. All right. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. The Wall Street Journal reports that Iran and Russia are cementing an alliance with grain and drones and satellites. Ruh-roh. What do you think? What do you think 
Donald, what do you think Putin's going to do? So you have to understand what's called response in kind. It's a military, it's a military jargon. If Trump uses, I'm sorry, if Putin uses a nuclear, uh, even a tactical nuke, he opens up a can of worms the size of Texas. Okay, what that means is it it opens the door for response in kind. So if he uses tactical nukes, we can use tactical nukes. Now then. Israel and the United States are flying sorties with F-35 jets, advanced that we have, to test the Iranian anti-air and radar systems to see if they can spot the F-35. They are practicing to fulfill the Dr. David O'Rourke vision of two tactical nukes being shot by Israel into the base of the mountain at Fordow. Israel has already publicly stated that no mother of all bombs, no air bombs, nothing else is going to do a darn thing to Fordow. It's too far underground. It must be a nuke. So if they do that, Putin will perceive that as opening the door for response in kind. That's how it works. All right. Now, next one up. Dow closes down 1,000 points, and the NASDAQ falls 3.9% after the Fed Chief Powell warns of pain to households in the inflation battle. Oh, I'm just so confused. How could that possibly be? I mean, I don't understand it. I mean, everybody seems to be cheering for that black-eyed, demon-possessed, pants-pooping entity in the White House right now who's being completely controlled by who? Barack Hussein Obama, Barry Satoro, who is born in Kenya, which is the land of the Nubian pharaohs. It's this is just too unbelievable. He gave his inaugural speech in a mock-up of the Temple of Zeus, which is the Temple of Satan, in the Broncos Stadium. How quickly we forget. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Next one. Oh, listen to this one. Oh, boy. The number of homeless is about to skyrocket in the United States as – I've been warning people about this, folks. 3.8 million renters will likely be evicted in the next two months. Okay? Ready for that? And I, I'm, it's, it's awful. It's, it's just awful. Pray. Please really turn up your prayer time. I'm going to try my best. All right, praise God. Uh, and it's hard, too, because, you know, like I said, man, if you want to get a silver star and a purple heart in the kingdom of heaven, you know, and I lean on the purple heart part, okay? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes I just get beaten up so bad I can barely even, I don't know, it's just very, very hard. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. NASA sets a date for mission to practice saving Earth from deadly asteroids. Okay, and it goes on on September 26th at 714 EDT. NASA will slam a speeding spacecraft into a massive asteroid. And guess what they will discover? It will have no effect at all. <laughs> okay, either that or I'll break it up into a bunch of pieces and they'll come raining down on the United States. Okay, which would be just, um, you know, be be a perfect God judgment from our Heavenly Father. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Zuckerberg admits to the uh, admits that the F, uh, that FBI 
uh, Facebook interference in the 2020 election. So he came forward. He admitted it. Of course, Donald Trump's on, so, on his to, tr- social news saying, I need to get, there needs to be another vote. There needs to be another vote. I need to get put back in the White House. Uh, you know, of course, you know, they, they, they're using it against him and saying, January 6th, January 6th, January 6th. You know, uh, you know, capital crimes case, uh, you know, all that, you know, indict him, indict him. Uh, you know, it's like um, around and around and around it goes. Where it stops, nobody knows. Hallelujah. Not even the prophets, for sure. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. Sanctions block exports of over 8 million tons of Russian fertilizer and products, according to Moscow. And you know what? Everybody knows it. There's already a whole bunch of groups of leaders in the European Union that are like going, bah humbug, we're not going to do that because they're trying to save their population. There are people lining up in cars and trucks uh, all across uh, Germany, no, 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 Poland right now, in like really, really, really super duper long lines so that they can get coal uh, to because they know that they're not going to have power, any way to heat their home. So they tr- they're just trying to get coal. They, they, you know, Maybe they're going and buying themselves a Ben, ben Franklin stove or something, and they're just going to burn the coal in there. I don't know. All right, uh, praise God. Or maybe they have some pretty darn old houses that still have coal burner, uh, you know, uh, kind of like that, uh, <laughs> kind of like uh, in the in the movie A Christmas Story, uh, uh, where he, he, what's his name fights, you know, ha- is the greatest like furnace fighter in the whole world or whatever. All right, next headline up. Praise God. Only one in three United Nations members back new anti-Russian revolutions. Okay, did you hear that? Okay, there you go. Wanted you to hear that. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Iran-Russia Axie grows as a new energy deal on track to dominate the world market. Okay, see how important this is to, uh, you know, the other guy that has an awful lot of nukes? Uh, it's, it's just, you know, keep your eyes watching, watching. Get on your knees, praying, praying a lot. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. One-year-old girl was killed by a huge four-inch hailstones during the storm in Spain. Oh, and also, uh, Sister Vicky, if you are on the holding line for me right now, which I'm not looking directly yet because I'm trying to burn through the rest of these headlines really, really fast, hang in there for me. You are going to have over 90 minutes, if you want it, to share, uh, or, or almost 90 minutes. So there's plenty of time. You can go to 930 Eastern time if you want. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so again, kind of sad, four-year-old girl killed by huge four-inch hailstones in Spain. And by the way, there were over 50 people that were seriously injured as well. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Can anybody say Planet X? Well, welcome to the end times. The sign of the Son of Man, you will find it in Matthew 29, 24, 29, if you want to find it there. And you can also find it as the Destroyer of Nations, located, I think, in Jeremiah 4, verse around about 5 or something like that. All right, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Next one up. Scientists grow synthetic embryo with brain and beating heart for the first time ever. And they're all kind of excited because of all the wonderful things that they're going to be able to do as they're acting like God and really upsetting the throne room. Next one up. Major sea level rise caused by melting of Greenland's ice cap is now, quote, inevitable. Lots will contribute contribute to a minimum rise of 200, uh, I'm sorry, 27 centimeters, regardless of what climate action is taken, according to scientists. All right, next one. Uh, oh, that's it. Thank you, Jesus. All right, and on that note, let's go ahead and bring on Sister Vicki Joy. Uh-huh. 
Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Sister Vicki, are you there? I am here. Oh, your audio sounds good. Um, praise God. Oh, and um, hey, you know, um, we haven't had a chance to talk. Um, I'm excited, super excited to have you here because this is, you know, um, you know, I know, I know you had a, had a, you know, a, you know, a, you shared some information with uh, Marzoli. We've had him on the program a couple of times. One of our specializations is uh, the area that you're going to be speaking in regard to. So we're excited to hear what the Lord has shown you in regard to all of this. Um, and also uh, the way that we work on the program, which you know maybe hasn't been told to you, but the way I don't in, intro, I, I'm not going to talk. Okay, I know as fast as I'm talking right now, you're probably saying you got to be kidding me, <laughs> but, but I'm telling you, okay, the way we do this program here is kind of like an electronic ecclesia, right? So you can imagine yourself taking the podium in a global church. Uh, the you know the the, pod, the podcast is indefinite; it will stay posted for as long as the earth. You know, well, as long as I can, you know, not be unemployed and pay the bills. But anyway, <laughs> the, point, the point is, um, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, grab my little virtual folding chair. I'm going to go back, okay. you know, behind the podium, give you give you the mic, and I'll let you share everything and anything that you feel led to share uh, your testimony, your conclusions, whatever you feel. Uh, and it's and the mic is yours. So on that note, I'm turning it over to you. Praise God. Thank you for joining us, and it's all yours. Well, thank you so much for having me. It is truly an honor uh, to to be on the program with all of you. And just I want all of the listeners to know that I prayed in advance of this speaking opportunity for everyone that the Lord would lead to this program and specifically that if there's people suffering from what we are going to talk about tonight, which is night terrors and sleep paralysis and demonic warfare that uh, comes in the night, these nocturnal visitations, which are unwanted and often unprovoked. And there are some people who have had this once or twice and there are people, many whom are are Christians, God-fearing believers, serious, serious believers. I'm not talking about the pew warmers or the people that prayed a prayer and kind of forgot about it. And I think that sometimes there are there is a temptation to think that when people are being attacked, that they opened a door somehow, they deserved it, they're hiding something. And this can be true. This certainly can be the case, but it's not always the case. And that's why I I wrote the book that I did. It's called They Only Come Out at Night, Exposing the Dark Weapon of Sleep Paralysis. It's put out by Spiral of Life, which is L.A. Marzulli's publishing company. And L.A. has been a friend and a brother and a mentor through this process, uh, taking up the book proposal of an unknown author and and putting all of his, his faith in me, and I just want to publicly thank him for taking that step of faith and being used to the Lord and helping me in this way to get this information out. And so I just want to start by giving a little bit of my testimony so that you know why I'm qualified to write this book and why it even came into my mind to begin with to even write such a thing. It's a dark topic. Just Studying these types of things with the wrong motives or for the wrong reasons or 
too long or with too much curiosity can open doors. It's dangerous to even dabble with some of these things. And so lest anyone think that I went into this lightly or that I did it with some sort of an idea that it would be titillating and sell books, I want to give a little bit of my heart to all of you so that you know where I'm coming from and hopefully convince you that I had the blessing and the calling of the Lord to write this book. My earliest memory of a sleep paralysis incident was about three or four years old. The reason I can pinpoint that accurately in my mind is because the, the event was so traumatic that I remember the bedroom I was in. I remember the olive green shag carpet. So that, that dates me. <laughs> now you know what decade it was when I was four years old. But I have a hunch that the incidences started even earlier than that because I have other very clear memories going back to two years old where I was telling my mother about shadows on the wall and nightmares and things that I was afraid of. It was the very first time I ever heard the word angel. And the reason I remember this incident so clearly, even though I was only two years old, is because it, it, was, a, it was funny. In retrospect, it was, it was told my mom that I was afraid of the dark and I was seeing shadows on my wall and that I was afraid and could I sleep with the light on. And my mom, I remember, I remember verbatim what she said to me. She said, Vicki, you don't have to be afraid because Jesus is always with you and the angels are watching over you. And I said, what's an angel? And she, having to put this in two-year-old terms, said a few things but left a few things out as well. So she said, angels are big and bright and they're everywhere. So she left the room, and having neglected to tell me that these things are invisible, I hopped up on my bed and looked out my window uh, in hopes to see these big, bright things that were everywhere. And in looking out my window, all the way up and down both sides of the street, right in front of my house, were these massive street lights. And I thought, oh, they're everywhere. <laughs> so I remembered that story. Uh, because it, it was it was cute, uh, but what a learning moment! Little did I know that that conversation that I received as a two-year-old would comfort me and strengthen me and help me through 47 years of sleep paralysis episodes. Little did I know, as these things were coming into me and invading my dreams and waking me up at night and appearing to me and frightening me and scaring me. Little did I know that I was being taught spiritual warfare. Like I said, it went on, it went on well into my 20s. I had a, a wonderful 15-year reprieve, only to have it return in my late 30s for, for several years. Um, and it, when it came back, it was a time in my, my life that I was going through very traumatic, triggering events. My, my mother, who loved the Lord dearly and is now with the Lord, was dying of cancer. I was 
over a thousand miles away from home, working an extremely stressful corporate job. I was isolated. And I think it was basically the moment in time that the enemy had been waiting for, just waiting for all of those planets to align where I would be weak and vulnerable and stressed out and isolated began again. But the way that you attack an almost 40-year-old and the way you attack a two-year-old should be different because an almost 40-year-old has learned a few things about spiritual warfare. And so this time I didn't take it lying down, pun intended. I decided I'm not putting up with this anymore. I'm not going to lay here scared, writhing in my bed. The name of Jesus is not a defensive weapon for weak, terrified children. It's an offensive sword that drives away the enemy and evokes terror. If anyone in this situation should be afraid, it should be them. Now I'm talking tough now. You don't feel tough when you're there alone at night with the lights off. So this happened to me, like I said, my entire life. The the bouts with sleep paralysis were frequent. They were traumatizing, and they were transforming in a way. Even though I was a Christian and I was raised in a Christian home, and I, I was doing, quote, everything right, I wasn't a partier. I wasn't a backslider. When I went to college, when I moved out on my own, I wasn't drinking. I wasn't smoking. I wasn't doing drugs. I wasn't partying. I wasn't sleeping around. And yet I struggled with a draw towards dark things. And my personality as I grew older became dark. I was attracted to dark music, to dark movies, to dark literature, and to dark friends. And there was a spiritual battle going on in, in this nocturnal world, even more so than I ever could have imagined. So the reason that I wrote this book is because I found out in my mid-30s, much to my surprise, that I was not the only one going through this. I had never heard the phrase sleep paralysis. I did not know this was a thing. I did not know that other people experienced this. This was my secret. This is a thing that if I told my pastor or my Christian friends, they'd think I was crazy. I'd be medicated. I'd be put away. I couldn't tell anyone this. I told a friend one time when I was 15 years old. And she came back to school on Monday and told me that she had talked to her mother. And they had determined that I was demon-possessed and I needed to be exercised. Well, I didn't take her up on that offer. But the one thing that came out of that conversation was I realized I can never speak of this again. And unfortunately, even though we've come a long way since the 70s, since the 80s, talk about the supernatural and the paranormal is everywhere. It's it's okay now to talk about astral projection and ascension doctrine and pyramids and the lost city of Atlantis and the Akashic records and new age and yoga. 
You can even sort of talk about being abducted by aliens. But we still can't talk about sleep paralysis. There is a gaslighting going on. There is a cover-up going on. Science, medicine, and religion do not want these dots in order for them to be operative their battle plan has to remain hidden. So all of these people are suffering in silence and in isolation. Some people to the point where they become insomniacs. They're on heavy psychotropic medications. Their jobs and their families and their marriages are being jeopardized because of the lack of sleep and the torment and the harassment coming from these entities. So I wrote the book when I found out that there were other people suffering. There were other people who had no one to talk to. There were other people who couldn't be believed no matter who they shared with. And when I came into a very dark night of the soul in 2013 when my mother died and these sleep paralysis episodes came back, it was a terrifying five-year period of my life where if the hand of God had not been upon me, I think I literally would have lost my mind because the torment was so intense. But again, it was a crucible. The Father was teaching me things about this cosmic war that we are involved in. And I want to take those things that I learned, those things that took sleepless nights, and sweat, and tears, and praying, and confusion, and terror, and I wanted to put them into the pages of a book so that other people could benefit from the things that the Spirit showed me during that five-year period. So where I want to start is I want to give a little bit of uh, some biblical exposition on some of the things that I want to talk about. You know, when we talk about the astral realm, a lot of us, the cognitive dissonance kicks in. We hear that word astral. We associate it with the new age. We associate it with people who intentionally are astral projecting and who have spirit guides and who are coming back with all sorts of unbiblical doctrines. And so when we hear that word astral or astral plane, all of our feelers go up, and rightfully so. But I just want to demystify that word so that we can move forward in the conversation, so we can have an intellectually honest discussion as believers and as lovers of the word. The word astral, from a linguistic standpoint, simply means of or pertaining to stars, the starry host. We know who created the starry host. The starry host was created for his glory. We can look upon the things that were made and be without excuse because they tell of the glory in the existence of God. The starry host is set in the heavens for times and seasons and moedims, times where we worship and when we feast and when we gather. And so we don't have to be afraid of the word astral. We only have to be afraid of what goes on in the astral when we are ignorant of what it is. And so for all of us who are good Bereans, like we are supposed to be, 
Where in the Bible does it talk about an astral plane? Where is this phrase coming from? And is that phrase or is something that is synonymous with that place mentioned in Scripture? So I want to give a little bit of um, uh, a Greek Bible lesson here on Ephesians 6.12. And here's my little disclaimer. I'm not a Greek scholar but I did take two and a half years of Koine Greek. I excelled in the courses. I enjoyed it immensely. I got to a point when I was studying daily where I was reading the New Testament in Greek. And I am a little bit rusty, but I still have the tools for researching the Greek. So I just want everyone to understand that as we go through this, I'm not just someone with two index fingers and and a laptop who Googled something and think I pieced something together. Koine Greek is an extremely complex, multi-layered language. I think that that's probably why that that language was even chosen as, as the language for the New Testament, because it can be so layered and give us so much more detail. With that said, Ephesians 6.12, we're all familiar with it. Anyone who has had any bouts of spiritual warfare or who travel in these circles or who have done deliverance ministry or who have been harassed themselves probably have this verse memorized. And so it talks about our battle not being against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, cosmic powers, and spiritual forces in the heavenly places. So we're going to break this down a little bit. And of course, these words appear slightly differently depending upon what English translation that you're looking at. But it all goes back to the same Greek word, regardless of what English translation you're looking at. So I'm just going to very briefly, we're going to just examine these things. uh, And we're going to start with the term heavenly places, uh, because we're going to be talking a lot about the astral realm, the second heaven. But is this biblical? Are these terms biblical? So the word there for heavenly places is epuranios. Uh, Greek Strong's 2032, if anyone wants to look it up. It's an adjective, and it means of heaven. If you look in the Thayer's Greek lexicon, it says loosely that epuranios means the heavenly regions. But there's a special note in Thayer's, specifically how this word is used in Ephesians 6.12. It means the lower heavens or the heavens of the clouds. And this is where we get the idea of a lower astral or a heaven beneath the heaven that we would constitute as the throne room of God. And it's important that we we know this distinction because if we think that the heavenly places is heaven, then we have to contend with why is this heaven where God lives and all of the believers go, Why are there rulers and authorities and cosmic powers of darkness and spiritual forces of evil there? Why are the enemies of God and the people that we're at war with in heaven? And so we we look deeper into that, to that word epiraneous, and we find out that this isn't the throne room of God. This is the lower heavens. Another thing that I want to point out here is the phrase cosmic powers of darkness. These cosmic powers, the cosmocrotters. But even more interestingly, there is the word darkness, 
skotos. Yes, it means evil, sin, iniquity, but it specifically can mean a human ignorance of divine things. And I find that very interesting because when we talk about the astral realm and we talk about liberal aspects of Christianity where the Bible is used to say that astral projection is communion with God, it's communion with the Holy Spirit. These spirit guides are guardian angels. Uh, we know from the Bible that this is good and we can go to this place and because Elijah had visions and Moses had visions and the apostle John had visions and Paul had visions. And so we have all these examples, like Daniel would be another, of men who got glimpses into the throne room. And, and so if we're not good Bereans and we don't delve deeply enough into the word, it can be abused by false prophets and people who genuinely are seeking truth can be led astray. And there is a lot of, of New Age doctrine out there now now that they've adopted terms and they're, they're using the same language that we use and they're using biblical language, it's getting harder and harder to discern uh, a New Age book from a Christian book. And so we really need to heed the warnings of John in the book of First John to test every spirit to see whether or not it is of God. So that is kind of my, my introduction because I want everyone to know that as we start delving into these, these topics that are, are typically really not openly discussed in churches because they are off-putting, it, it's, it's, it's smacked at new age, and so people become uncomfortable. I wanted everyone to just understand that I'm coming at this from a biblical perspective, that there is a heavenly place filled with enemies of God, rulers, authorities, cosmic powers of darkness and spiritual forces of evil who are banking on human, ignorant, divine things so that they can pose as Jesus. They can pose as the Messiah. They can pose as the Holy Spirit. They can mimic. They can come to us disguised as angels of light. And one of the things that I always warn people about, whether I'm talking to a new ager or I'm talking to a believer, is the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can trace it out? If the only litmus test we are going to apply when we're testing these spiritual or supernatural encounters that we have is our own emotional response or the feelings that we had during or after the event, we will easily be led astray because we hear many, many stories about people who've gone to the astral and have run into spirit guides and ascended masters and, and creatures and uh, all sorts of entities, and they come back believing that it was God or believing that it was Jesus because they were filled with feelings of peace, feelings of love feelings of joy. And then reflexively, we have in Scripture stories where angelic beings are coming to earth and interacting with human beings. These are the good guys. They're coming at the, at the behest of, of God or of Jesus. 
Many times they're bearing glad tidings or the unfolding of prophetic or redemptive history. And what happens to these chosen by God, these men and women of whom the world is not worthy, who are actually encountering angels, the Daniels and uh, the Marys. And oftentimes, not in every case, but oftentimes the first thing that comes out of an angel's mouth when they show themselves to a human being is fear not do not be afraid something to that effect and we have descriptions of people meeting heavenly angels who are uh, falling over who are fainting who need to be touched who need to be revived who are terrified who cry out I'm a man of unclean lips and you know went to be in in the presence of something that had been so close to the presence of holiness them realizing their own sinful nature. And so we judge these spiritual encounters solely based on our gut reactions, whether or not we felt terror or we felt delight. It's not necessarily going to steer us in the right direction. Further testing is required. And that's another reason, another huge reason why I did write the book is because I started seeing more frequently people giving testimony of encounters with God and really fearing that these were astral projection and sleep paralysis type types of encounters. And so I thought that this book is becoming in this day and age even more necessary. And it brought to mind 1 Timothy 4.1, But the Spirit explicitly says that in latter times, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceit demons. I think that these deceitful spirits and these doctrines of demons are housed in these heavenly places. And I think that because of the things that happened in the past, we have a couple instances where angelic beings rejected God and left their first estate and they were booted out of heaven. We, we hear about, you know, the King of Tyre, Lucifer. We hear him falling from heaven like lightning. There's also talk about Genesis six where the watchers came down Mount Hermon and all of these spiritual beings that left their first estate were punished and they were punished either by being, locked out of the heavens or by being locked in the abyss until the end. And so these entities, these rulers, these authorities, these cosmic powers and these spiritual forces in the heavenly places, they've learned a thing or two from their forefathers, so to speak, correct? And so they have, they have discovered a way to continue sharing the secrets of heaven, the worthless secrets of heaven to quote the book of Enoch they have decided we can't come down there anymore but they can come up here and this is a big part of sleep paralysis it is a it it is like the the astral uber (laughs) that brings us into their realm where they can influence they can teach they can transform, they can tempt, and they can the same things that the serpent offered Adam and Eve. Oh, God's withholding things from you. You can be like a God. 
just take a taste. It'll be okay. It's, it's the same repackaging of the same lies that the serpent gave Adam and Eve. And that, that scenario gets played out over and over and over again in these heavenly places. And so I'm going to just take it back now, kind of bring it down into reality. And I'm going to just give a little bit of, uh, of a description of what sleep paralysis, what a classic sleep paralysis experience is like. Of course, there are many, many, many diverging experiences. But this is a common one. This is, this is what you're going to hear the most. If, if you Google sleep paralysis, this is what you're going to read the most. Someone will wake up. They will be in a disoriented state. They will not 100% be clear whether or not they're awake or asleep or if they're hovering somewhere in between. Am I dreaming or am I awake? Most people, by default, will assume that they're awake because they can see their surroundings. And the surroundings that they're looking at look pretty much exactly like their bedroom. They'll see their bed. They'll see the door. They'll see their pictures on the wall. And at this point, they will sense, whether they see anything or not, they will sense a deeply oppressive They'll know it's there even if they can't see it. But many times they can see it. And it comes in the form of shadow men. It comes in the form of the old hag, things that look like gargoyles, things that look like demons with red eyes. Sometimes it'll be alien greys. Sometimes it'll be little fairies. Sometimes it'll be old women in rocking chairs. And you hear about the incubus and the succubus, these, these rape demons. And so at this point, they see something usually hovering at the door. They see this shadow man or these red eyes or this thick black smoke hovering at their bedroom door. And sometimes people will have auditory hallucinations as well. They'll hear footsteps or banging or voices. Uh, Some people report smells, usually foul things smelling like rotting corpses or, or, or just some, and it's, it's a, it's an overwhelming of all of the senses. And as the fear increases, these things at the door make a slow, methodical, intentionally dramatic movement towards the bed. And as the fear rises, people realize at that point that they cannot move. Many times they can't speak, they can't scream, they can't yell. Sometimes they can move their eyes. But, and a lot of people will report feeling crushed, a weight on their chest. They'll experience a feeling like they're being choked. It doesn't matter if the testimony is a Christian a Muslim, a Buddhist, an atheist, almost everyone instinctively describes this feeling as evil and demonic. It's interesting that those terms that have sort of been hexed out of our vernacular, we don't want to talk about sin and evil and demons and hell anymore. We've, we've scrubbed that out of our, 
of our culture, and we've even scrubbed it out of a lot of the churches. So it's very interesting to me that when these people are in places of no control and of terror, that these adjectives instinctively come out of their mouth, whether they believe in these things or not. Evil and demonic are the two words that you'll most frequently hear people use to describe this experience. Now, a lot of people at this point cry out to Jesus. And a lot of times the the word doesn't even come out, but it's in their head. And the name of Jesus has power. And a lot of times for religious or unreligious people alike, the episode will stop. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you have to say Jesus more than once. And it, it depends on the experience. But for many people, they report that it does work. Now, for people who don't do that, who don't know a way out, who are helpless, these, these episodes can be prolonged and they can escalate into deeper levels. And what can happen then is there can be lucid dreaming where you become aware of your dream state. There can be out-of-body experiences and there can be astral projection. And sometimes people have memories of these things and they come back and, and they can tell you that they were there and what happened. Many times they remember that they had sleep paralysis, but they don't necessarily remember or even believe or even have knowledge of the fact that anything might have happened in the astral realm. And this is very important, and we're going to get into this in, in a few. But I wanted to at least explain the experience to people who may have never heard of it. And let me just give you a little bit of an idea why I think that this topic is important to people who have never experienced it. If you haven't experienced it, well, praise the Lord. But if you haven't experienced it, as we get closer and closer to the end and the enemies becomes more and more overt. And as we see the veil getting even thinner between the terrestrial and the spiritual realms, and as we see the enemy interacting with planet Earth, and we see him for what he is, more and more people are going to be talking about paranormal and supernatural experiences. And we need to be prepared in advance to be able to help these people and to give them that the answers that they're looking for and to believe them, to not think that they're crazy, to not be caught off guard because we've never heard of such a thing. So if you've never experienced sleep paralysis, but you're a mom or a dad, if you're a grandparent, if you're a teacher, if you're a Sunday school teacher, a youth group leader, a pastor, a doctor, a psychologist or a counselor, then it's very important that you understand these things too because you could be used by God to help someone and release someone from, from this experience. So one of the things that I want to talk about, and I, I go on at length in my book about this, and I think what I'll do here, I'm, I just kind of feel compelled to, I'm just going to read the table of contents because we're only going to really go through maybe one chapter in the book So I want everyone to know that there are other things being discussed in the book as well. Uh, The the first chapter, there's only six chapters. Chapter one is sleep paralysis, a brief introduction. And that's going to give you an overview. 
and it's going to give you an idea of how to research this topic properly with discernment and with testing of the spirits because much of what you're going to get on the Internet is false information. It's uh, an attempt to throw people off the trail. It's a lot of gaslighting, and it's just you're not going to get a lot of good, accurate information from medical journals and anything that you find on the Internet. So that's Chapter 1. Chapter 2, Medicine versus Mysticism and the Cult of Asclepius. This chapter talks about how our modern concept of completely divorcing science and medicine from religion and from, from spirituality is unique to almost every other time period or epoch on planet Earth. Going all the way back to the beginning of time, uh, science, medicine, healing, it was so interwoven with a religious experience and a religious worldview that they could not be separated. And we even see this in scripture. When Jesus healed a man, he said, go to the temple, present yourself to the high priest as according to the Torah. And so why, why didn't he send him to Luke? He's got a guy in his own entourage who's a physician. Why didn't, why didn't he get a second opinion? Have Luke, the, my doctor friend, check you over. And so uh, I, I talk a lot about how in the first and second century and very much at the time of Jesus, uh, they had these Asclepions, which were the healing temples, and the doctors were high priests. And I talk about Galen and the, the, the uh, Asclepion at Pergamon and how 130 years earlier, Antipas, the, the faithful martyr, was killed at Pergamum, where the throne of Satan is. And I talk about uh, Jesus and his healing abilities and how he, when he anointed his disciples after the resurrection to heal the sick and to raise the dead, he said, you will handle snakes and not be harmed. And how the reason that is all interwoven in within the first century Semitic mindset was because serpents and had had everything to do with healing because Asclepius was the serpent god of healing. And these Asclepions, the, the god that ruled these Asclepions was a serpent god. And uh, Asclepia, Asclepius, the, the serpent god of healing, he carried around a pole with a serpent twined up it. We see it now on all of our ambulances and on our prescriptions, uh, on the doctors, when they write us a prescription, and we see it on the windows of our hospitals, we, we still put that symbol on our medical institutions. But it's a deeply religious symbol. It, it's, it's a symbol to the god, Asclepius, the son of Apollo. And in fact, the original Hippocratic Oath that doctors took, the, the Greek version of it, the doctors are swearing to uphold uh, the ethics of Apollo and his son Asclepius and Hygieia and Pansia and the pantheon of the Greek gods. And so I attempt to explain in chapter two that when we separate the understanding of science and healing and medicine from the understanding of religion and God and the Bible and spirituality, that we will again be easily deceived and left in the dark, and we will not be able to connect the dots. Chapter three is on theosophy and the theory of transformation. Theosophy goes back to Helena Blavatsky, uh, a, a mystic and an occultist who was deeply revered and admired by Adolf Hitler, among many other contemporary people, who to this day 
are the authors of some of our most famous pieces of literature and the, the schools of psychology and science. Where our, our current culture is deeply impacted by the philosophies and the religion of theosophy. And I believe that that religion is still being taught in the astral realm. And when we go there and we're transformed by this, this false doctrine, that that is deeply entrenched in these times is called threshold covenants and astral vampires. I'll get back to that in a moment. Chapter five are, is called the clouds of heaven and the Merkava mysticism. And this is about the divine light vehicle that the new agers say escorts people up into the astral realm. This is actually a blasphemous doctrine. This is a bastardization of the light vehicle that Ezekiel saw in his vision when the throne of God in a theophany where God came down on, on a wheeled chariot with the seraphim, uh, that these new agers have hijacked that and have usurped that concept and turned it into a form of mysticism. And it is a hijacking of something very deeply biblical uh, the way that we connect with God is, is not by talking to spirit guides and ascended masters in the astral realm. Uh, the final chapter, which I find will probably be the most practical and the most helpful to people who are suffering from sleep paralysis, is called The Adversary's Endgame and Your Way Out of the Astral Matrix. This chapter is chock full of doors that are opened and how to close them, prayers to pray, and prayer mapping exercises, and who is being targeted by sleep paralysis? Why does it happen to some people and not others? And uh, what, what exactly is, is the end game? What, what are they trying to accomplish through such a bizarre and strange uh, episode and experience of sleep paralysis? So that's, that's just an overview of what you're going to get in, in the book. And the book, again, is they only come out at night exposing the dark weapon of sleep paralysis. And it is available exclusively on lamarzuli.net. If you go to Amazon, you will not find it. So let's, let's uh, rewind back to Chapter 4, Threshold Covenants and Astral Vampires. Several years ago, I was at a conference, and a Messianic Jew was giving a, a message, and he was talking about Passover and the, the significance threshold covenant. I had never heard that phrase before, and me just being a lover of history and also being a lover of, of digging deeper into the word and understanding it more clearly, uh, I, I think that it is very important as we study the, the word to know the culture, the context, the history, the geography, and the language in which it was written. If we see it through modern eyes, we're going to miss so many just mind-boggling moments, uh, just uh, just the, the things we will miss out on. Uh, the scriptures just come alive when, when we can sit under teachers who can unpack some of those words and phrases and concepts. And so I was just thoroughly enjoying this man's message, and I was taking all these notes, and uh, I didn't know what I was going to do with any of those notes or what value any of this information was, other than the fact that it was just very fascinating to me to have so much of the scriptures come alive, because 
Passover is not the only mention of a threshold covenant, nor was it the first time Semitic people were asked to put blood on their door. And so I, I just tucked that away in my memory banks, just thinking it was just a interesting topic. And several years later, as I was praying and fasting my way through the writing of this book, I just want everyone to know that this book, even though I experienced sleep paralysis for 47 years, this book was not born out of so I know what's going on. In fact, in some ways, the more you have these experiences, the more questions are unanswered and the more questions arise. And there were many times at the writing of this book where I hit a brick wall. I knew there was something there and I didn't know what it was and I didn't know how to put the pieces together. And I I prayed and I fasted and sometimes weeks would go by before I could continue writing because I was desperately seeking unregurgitated information. I wasn't looking to just copy and paste things that people had already said. So during one of these sort of bouts of writer's block, I guess you could call it, I was just pressing into the Lord, please reveal to me, why are these things coming to us? What are they doing? Why do they care? Surely they've got better things to do than just, you know, spook us. I mean, surely they're not just doing this to scare us and spook us. Like, there has to be an agenda. They know that their time is short, so they're half-agenda. What are they doing? And I was perplexed. And eventually, the threshold covenant information came back into my mind. It had been long forgotten at that point. And I was bewildered, and I thought, how could this have to do with it? And then I realized that many cases of people who report sleep paralysis, and again, not 100% of the time, but many times when people explain their experience, they say that they wake up, And they see this thing at their bedroom door, threshold. Wow. I got to look into this. What is going on? So I started to realize that these sleep paralysis entities, these demons, these astral entities, pick the synonym of your choosing, They acted a lot like our fictional vampire lore. So anyone who's ever seen a Dracula movie, there are certain things that we are, there there are certain rules in vampire lore that every vampire story has to kind of fit. And the, the way the story goes with vampires is they do typically come at night. They are not allowed inside of your house unless they are given an invitation. If you do not invite them over the threshold, they are powerless. They cannot come in and they cannot hurt you. However, once they are given an invitation, and almost every horror movie that features a vampire has this seen in the movie, the close-up of the vampire's foot crossing the threshold into the home. 
at that point, you are in essence in a covenant of sorts with this vampire. You've invited it into your home. You've given it sanctuary. It has a right to be there. There are only two ways in vampire lore to get out of one of these covenants. The first way, not one I would suggest. You become its victim and you die. The second way is that if the ownership of the home changes, because the vampire has to have the invitation from the head of the household. So if that head of the household changes, that invitation is null and void. Now, I don't know if you see where I'm going with this now. Spiritual realm, which is not fictional, seems to sort of follow these same rules and boundaries. They come out at night. They stand by your door. They wait for an invitation. They cross the threshold. And my suggestion is taken into that astral realm whether we have a memory of it or not, are there covenants being made? Now, I'm not saying that you lose your soul or you lose your salvation or you turn away from Christ or that Christ abandons you. But what does happen is spiritual warfare kicks in and this war for your soul takes over. And intimacy and devotion with Jesus becomes strained and difficult. Our emotions are impacted. Our desires and our wills are impacted. There are attachments and repercussions of these soul ties, if you will. But it's not fair if we don't know that's happening. It's not fair if we didn't invite or provoke it. We didn't get a Ouija board. We didn't dabble with the occult. We weren't out you know, smoking pot or or taking psychedelics. It's not fair. But, But that's our enemy. We're told that he's a liar. We're told he's a thief. We're told he's a deceiver. We're told that he doesn't come in through the front door. He comes in through the back way, tunneled under the house and comes in through the basement where he shows up at night when you just think you're dreaming. So you're not on guard. You're not sober-minded. You're not vigilant. You're not making sure that you're not consenting to things because you're not conscious. Or in some cases, you think it's just a dream. They don't play fair. And what I think is interesting, too, is we see that this isn't necessarily even just the way the dark side operates. It might just be the way the spiritual realm operates. Revelation 3.20. Here we have Jesus, not, not a terrestrial human being by birth. He's of a spiritual realm. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door and lets me in, there's three pieces to invitation and consent there. 
We have to hear it. We have to open the door, and then we have to let him in. We have to give that invitation. And once he crosses the threshold, we're in a threshold covenant with him. And the fact that he says that once he's in that home, that he's going to eat with us or sup with us or dine with us, depending upon your translation, that's another covenant, the bread and salt covenant. And a salt covenant is a covenant of eternal fellowship. It's a covenant between the threshold covenant and the bread and salt covenant. What, What Jesus is basically saying is your temple, which is, is now my home. I've crossed that threshold. When you die to self and you receive me into your heart and I cross that threshold and I dine with you in that bread covenant of my body, the deed to your home has changed. Has changed hands that you made wittingly or unwittingly, knowingly or unknowingly. They're all broken because the ownership of the home has now changed. We've given ownership over to Christ. And he has the power by, through his blood that in that threshold covenant of putting his blood on the doorpost of our hearts means that no, no dark entity that comes to our door can come in. They're not welcome. They're not going to be given invitation anymore because they can't they might be able to fool us but they can't fool Jesus who's now the watchman of that door he's the doorkeeper now he's not going to enter into any of those covenants he's he's going to take care of us he's going to watch over us he's going to protect us he's going to keep those covenants for us and so the thing that i am trying to hopefully convey to people and it's extremely important because the enemy can come in and he can cause fear and anxiety and he can cause confusion and he can put a twisting spirit here and, uh, uh, and make, make the communication here weak. And so I'm just praying right now, Holy Spirit, that you would take the limitations of human interaction and language and that you would supersede it and that you would allow understanding to flow and just give me words. It is so important that we don't have a lackadaisical or a lazy or a cocky attitude with spiritual warfare. It is true that we are a chosen race. We are deeply loved. We're precious in his sight. We're the apple of his eye. He, he sings over us. He gives us new names. He's coming back for us. And in the sense that we are enlisted in his army, we, we know that this is militaristic in the sense that we've been given a great commission. That's military talk. So if we've been given a commission, it means we're in the military. And we have a high-ranking officer who's given us our task. And so while we can say that we are warriors, there is an attitude that can creep in subtly, especially for those of us that are involved in spiritual warfare and deliverance ministry, where we can, you know, become too comfortable in that. 
we can start thinking it's maybe me who's powerful and not the the name and the blood and the power that that we are are acting on behalf of and so great humility is needed and what what I think that we need to consider and I'll just tell you that I'm in a research process here and as I continue to research these things and I continue to write more information will be had and so right now I just want everyone to think of my research and the things that I'm saying is let's pretend it's a diamond a diamond has 52 facets let's pretend that this book that I've written is maybe 10 of those facets it doesn't mean that there's not 42 more that will add greater depth and clarity to this discussion as more of us enter into this research and as other people come along who have gone through this, who, who can add to this picture and add knowledge and information and bring biblical depth to it. So right now we, you know, we see through a glass darkly. These are complex things and we're trying to get our minds around realms and experiences and beings that we we know little of so we have to show each other mercy that we're all on this journey together but this modern notion that's creeping into aspects of christianity and don't hear me saying that the christian church has been abandoned by god and it's all you know no there there are churches out there with strong leadership biblical biblical leadership and pews filled with people who love God but we need to go beyond the prayer of salvation and we need to think again as covenant people we need to reacclimate ourselves with the deep meaning of covenant we are in a covenant, covenant with Jesus. It's not just an agreement. It, it's not a promise ring. It's a wedding ring. And there are many similarities between the covenant and the threshold covenant and the Torah and betrothal language. I mean, we even have bridegroom coming for his bride language in Scripture in the end times, it's, it's a wedding feast, and the wedding guests who are prepared and unprepared. Uh, it, it is a wonderful study, and I won't go into it now, but if, if somebody wants some amazing stuff to research, research the metaphorical analogies between the Torah as a Semitic betrothal covenant, as a, it's a the, the Torah mimics a Semitic prenuptial agreement. Even the, the temple, the original tabernacle in the wilderness, the way that it was built and structured was to mimic the hoopah, which is the, the wedding canopy. And there's, there's beautiful threshold covenant betrothal language in Psalm 91. And I talk a little bit about Psalm 91 in the book. And, you know, a lot of us now in modern times have dubbed this the soldier's prayer. And this is a prayer that people pray when they have anxiety and when they're stressed or in a scary situation. And that's all good. But there's deep, deep, beautiful language in Psalm 91, specific to sleep paralysis, because it talks about how we will not fear the terror 
of night. And if you actually delve into the Hebrew there, that word terror actually ties directly into the proper noun name of an ancient nocturnal deity who attacked people in their sleep. And when you get to verse 9, which I think is the linchpin of the psalm, we get an understanding of who this psalm is for. The psalm promises all of these things for people who are in frightening situations or who are being attacked or who have enemies or who are in the midst of spiritual warfare. Uh, No plague will come near our tent. No harm will befall us. He will charge his angels over us. He, he will lift the, they will lift our feet up, up in their hands lest we strike our foot against a stone. We'll tread on the lion and the adder. He will rescue us. He will deliver us. He will honor us. He'll give us long life and salvation. Like Who doesn't want all of these promises? A thousand will fall at our side, 10,000 at our right hand, but it will not come near you. I can't think of more beautiful verse to cling to in our times and in the end times than 10,000 people can fall at our side and we'll still be standing. But verse 9 doesn't say, hey, this is for everybody who loves Jesus. Hey, this is for everybody who goes to church. Hey, this is for everyone who committed their lives to Jesus or invited him into his heart. Hey, this is for everybody who's in ministry, it says that those who have made Yahweh their dwelling place, these are the people that receive all of these protective, supernatural, spiritual warfare promises. But when we make him our dwelling place, that means that a threshold covenant has occurred. He's entered into our home. He knocked on the door. We heard him. We answered. We let him in. He crossed over the threshold. He nullified all previous contracts and covenants that we wittingly and unwittingly made through our sin, through our ignorance, through trickery, through, through warfare things going on in, in the heavenly. He nullifies them all, and he breaks bread with us, and he imbibes in that salt covenant with us where he promises to never leave us or forsake us, where he promises, charges angels over us, and and we will tread on the lion and the cobra. And so we don't get those benefits unless we are in covenant with him. And if you think of covenant, as a marriage covenant, as a betrothal covenant, which is what it is because we know that he's our bridegroom, we're waiting for our bridegroom to come back, then there are certain obvious implications of how we're going to live that are going to go light years beyond praying a prayer and living our best life now. Because when we're in a covenant here on earth in a marriage, you're whole life as a single person ceases. It's a whole new world. You're not going to do and say and act and go to all the same places you did as a single person. There's someone else there now to think of. We have to be more sacrificial 
We have to give up doing things in some cases that we enjoyed doing before. And so that goes back to what I was saying at the beginning of of this particular bit, and that is that we cannot be lackadaisical or shallow-minded or arrogant in our thinking, whether, whether we have walked with the Lord for five years or 50 years, whether we've memorized one Bible verse or we've memorized entire books of the Bible, whether or not we've attended Sunday school or we have taught Sunday school, no matter where we are on that spectrum, no matter where we are in that pilgrim's progress, we have to go beyond prayer and church attendance. This is a death to self. That death to self is what nullifies these covenants. And so I hope I haven't veered too far off track. I, I know that a lot of times when, when I do these shows, people, they, they want the, they want the, the, the goosebumps, you know, all oh, sleep paralysis. Uh, It's such a a spooky topic, and let's hear all the stories that you've heard uh, about these entities that have come into bedrooms and people who've been dragged out of their bed and thrown against the wall and and, and people who've been raped by demons. And and the difficult thing about this topic is, though all those things happen, I really want the glory and the attention, the one who rescues us. From these experiences not on the experiences themselves and I struggled before I even wrote this book because I thought what if I unwittingly open doors for people what if there's people who've never heard of this and when they hear about it then they're titillated and they go online and they get addicted to these stories and doors are opened One of the things that I did in hopes to mitigate that, in addition to three years of prayer, which is the amount of time it took me to write this book, was that at the end of every chapter, I have warfare points and a cleansing prayer. And my hope is that anyone who reads this book will go into it with caution, with fear, with trembling, with sober-mindedness, with with vigilance. My, My desire for this and exalt the name of God and Jesus Christ, his son, that it will expose the deeds of the devil, that he will be exposed by the light for, for the pitiful enemy that he is, for the defeated foe that he is. And I hope that it will set captives free. And I hope that it will bring people in the church who are struggling with wondering I love the Lord. So why do I struggle reading the word? I love the Lord. But why don't I pray? I love the Lord, but how come I can't conjure up genuine, deep emotions of love and peace and gratitude? I love the Lord. How come I don't long for his coming? In some cases, you know, we talk a lot in the Christian church about sin. And yes, Absolutely, repentance is a massively huge key to cleansing our hearts and our souls and our minds and 
and giving our hearts the capacity to hold more and more depths of his glory. But we also have an enemy who has, is covert and who has done things beyond our knowledge in the invisible realms that is actually not withholding us from salvation, not withholding us ultimately from knowing and loving Jesus, but who have muddied it, who have taken away the, the capacity. It's like, a, it's like when you get a brand new computer, terabyte hard drive, and you've got all of this space to fill with whatever you want. And you're going to fill this space up with your projects and your, your letters and your study of the word and poetry and worship. And what happens if a thief comes in the night and fills half of that terabyte drive with viruses? And you go on there and you try to find those viruses and you can't find them. So you just assume, well, maybe I only have half a terabyte. And the fact is, it's been stolen from us. And when we can become aware of these covenants and through the, through the, through the help of the Holy Spirit, we can prayer map and pray our way into understanding if, where, and when other covenants have been made and how they can be broken, then what if? What if all of a sudden our capacity to know and love and enjoy God doubled? What if it tripled? What if we got up every morning and instead of dread, or anxiety, or fear, we could not wait to hit our feet onto the floor because we couldn't wait to see what sort of fellowship we were going to have that day with the Lord, what, what new thing he was going to reveal to us about himself, what new pearl we were going to have, what new arrow we were going to put in our, our quiver. And even if the gift is reproof, so many of us, because of our sin, we've become hard-hearted, and, and we don't even hear the still, small voice. We don't hear the reproof. Reproof is a gift. And so to, to walk in the cool of the garden with, with Jesus, even if we're walking with him because he's got some bad news for us, some things we've got to work on, some things that aren't quite right, even that, the enemy, even that, the enemy wants to steal from us because he knows that it is going to give us greater depths of, of fellowship and intimacy with the Father. And so not everything is a salvation issue. Not everything is heaven and hell. Not everything is just whether or not we're, we're saved or not. Now that we are saved and we are on this journey, are there things that we can do to see and savor and taste and see I know that we're not going to fully see everything until he comes back and we're in resurrected bodies now we see through a glass darkly but are our glasses even darker than they have to be so in closing I'm just going to say if any of this resonates with you uh, if any of you have had th- these nocturnal visitations or you know someone who has, 
or if you know that you're going to be ministering to people who have, or even if you want to learn ways to to more deeply understand covenant. I I would just encourage you to prayerfully consider getting the book. I'm I, of course I'm a writer and I write for a living. I'm a tent maker and this is how I I earn a living. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and say I don't care if you buy the book. What I'm saying is, ultimately, ultimately, what I would love to have happen is if people could come into the depths of freedom and healing. And I'm talking about an emotional and a mental and a spiritual healing of the mind and of the heart. I struggled my whole life as a Christian to know I've been given every single tool I need to know God. I've sat under teachers, incredible teachers. I had the honor of getting to go to a wonderful Bible college and, and, and sitting under Bible professors. And, and I, I had Christian parents who, who got married at 19 and stayed together until my mother passed. I've been given every single advantage on planet Earth to knowing God and knowing Jesus. But I struggled my whole life to connect at an emotional level with him, to feel loved by him. And I never put two and two together until writing this book that the spiritual warfare that I had been encountering my whole life was interference. And it was needed to be undone in prayer and through prayer mapping and through the spirit very specifically revealing secrets to me that I never would have figured out. I wouldn't have figured it out in a Bible study. And and so if any of this resonates with you, I I would just be honored if you would take the time. I know how busy people are. And if you would take the time to consider the things that I've researched, consider the things that I think the Spirit has revealed, and uh, and to consider sharing with others these things. Uh, I, I would be most honored as a sister in Christ. And so I'll, I'll leave it one more time. The book is They Only Come Out at Night, Exposing the Dark Weapon of Sleep Paralysis, available on lamarzuli.net. Thank you so much for your, for your time. It's been about just under an hour and a half here, and an hour and a half is a long time. So much can be accomplished in an hour and a half, and that's time with family, it's time of resting that you would take the time to, to listen so intently to, to these things. Uh, I just thank you so much. And uh, Johnny and Nancy, I just thank you so much for, for having me on. What a blessing. Thank you very, very much. Um, Sister Vicki Joy, I'm, I'm going to leave it at your, the way it, it appears that, you know, you, you like to go by that. And um, praise God, I, I did look at your books, um, or, or at least some, some of your information uh, online. But yes, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm just uh, so blessed. I know the listening audience is so blessed that you took the time to share uh, this, this, wow, like multidimensional, very ultra deep uh, uh, 
thing that, you know, event uh, that occurs in so many people's lives. I, I had even received an email from a listener that said uh, that they had suffered with these challenges uh, for quite some time and had had in their lives uh, some breakthroughs uh, very similar to, to what you discussed on the program tonight. And it is, uh, uh, you know, a very oppressive and most awful thing for people that suffer from these dynamics to, to go through and um, and and for you to take the time and to dedicate you know so much effort into helping them is just a mighty blessing praise God and again um, what, what would you repeat one more time for the listeners again uh, Marzulli's website I I I haven't talked I haven't talked to Marzulli now for about eight years maybe nine years now but anyway um, would you repeat again what is uh, his website address is again so people can go and find your book directly absolutely thank you it's lamarzuli.net and marzuli is m as in mary a r z u l l i and that's .net lamarzuli.net and if anyone uh stumbles across vickyjoyanderson.com there is a contact page on there and i answer all my emails and Hey, if you've been through this and you've never had anyone to take you seriously or to believe you or to offer you any sort of consolation or to pray with you, please drop me drop me a note. I'd be more than happy to talk to you. That's awesome. Praise God. Thank you so much, uh, Sister Vicki, for for joining us tonight and, sh- and sharing uh, so much about it, a, a, a troubling, uh, very deep, uh, hard to decipher in many cases. Um, we, we've, we've had um, so, you know, a limited number of other guests that have had similar experiences on the program that came essentially to the same conclusions uh, that you did um, you know, from different, you know, of course, different walks, different dynamics, and you know, lines upon lines, precepts upon precepts here, a little there, a little praise God. But anyway, uh, the, the, the end result is always positive, and the end result is always the power that we have in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ as he works his incredible power through us. One of my favorite verses to always remind people of is Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. All right, don't forget it. The power works through you. You have died in Christ, and it's Christ who lives in you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much for joining us, Vicki. LAMarzuli.net, and you can get that book. Um, it sounds pretty, uh, really deep, uh, everything that I've heard about and, 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 and all your testimony in regard to it. I'm sure that there's just, you know, a, you know uh, incredible amounts of, of even deeper dive information inside the book itself as well. They only come out at night. So anyway, God bless you all for joining us Tonight. Thank you, Sister Vicki, for joining us tonight. I'm looking at the time, and it is uh, now about 924 in the East Coast of the United States of Babylon the Great, Wednesday, August the 31st. And we will see you at the Friday Night Prayer Vigil, 7 p.m., Lord willing. God bless you all. Thank you, Vicki. God bless you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Take care, everybody. Hang in there. Heads down. Heads down. Keep on that humility. <laughs> you lived, don't just li- read the Beatitudes. Live the Beatitudes. Hallelujah. God bless you all, and we'll see you Friday night, Lord willing. And when I say Lord willing, I mean Lord willing nowadays. <laughs> Thank you all so much. Thank you, Vicki. God bless you. Good night, everyone. Thank you. 
we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure until you come back for your bride to set her free. Write our names in your book of life. We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice. As we lift your name on high. Renew our mind. Renew our soul. Remove the scars from our past. And deem us righteous. We rebuke all deceptive lies. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. We are the branches on a living tree. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. Until you come back for your bride to set her free. Watch us as we trim our wicks. Our lamps are full. Our hearts are right. Like those five wise virgins we will be. Your bride awaits. Patiently, for that blessed sound that will rise, the churches gather. We're praying that we're worthy, Lord, to join our family. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? We will endure, and while we wait, we will bring forth the fruit of the light of Christ. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set it free
I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.